Andy Stanley comes out with the situation last week of a leaked private conversation and then some clips from this driven conference that happened. I think it was called the Drive Conference, excuse me, from this past year. He said some things things uh, privately that some pastors didn't want to kind of blow the whistle on. And then a handful of them became alarmed when he started saying this stuff at a church conference, Mm. specifically the issue of being affirming or not. And so I got the exclusive on this. This is, uh, how long was this video? 12 minutes? It was 11 minutes. 11 minutes. So I'm not sure if this is the full clip. I don't know if this is public or not. I think we we might have the exclusive on this. I don't know. Um, But I haven't seen anything with a video this long. So we're going to react to it. I really hope Andy responds to this. I'm a fan of Andy Stanley. This is an important issue. Um, I, has, I have had some good conversations about this specific issue um, and why, why it's actually important. But uh, let's let's jump in and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll get through as much of this as we can. Go ahead. I, I use that one. Okay, number three, the faith of the next generation is worth. Okay, here we go. Leading our churches to acknowledge there are gay people, not just straight people, with a sin problem. Pause it. Now, what- now I think I said this earlier. This man's talking to to, to boomers here. I don't know anyone that, that still believes this. Yeah. I don't know anyone that still believes this. So I think he's speaking to a bunch of boomers who are old and like maybe some of them still think this way. I don't know anyone my age or younger that 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 disagrees with the statement. Mm. There yeah. Now, are there straight people with a sin problem? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of weird stuff. Y'all yeah. some of y'all into some weird stuff, man. You gotta repent too. You know? Mm-hmm. You gotta repent. This I'm hearing more accounts of pastors swinging and uh, all kinds of weird stuff, you know, behind the scenes. I'm hearing about Swinging. church prostitutes. Whoa! I'm hearing about some wild stuff out here in these streets, right? None of this is publicly verified. I'm saying that needs to be repented of too. That's not okay, right? But the issue is when you start moving the goalpost and there isn't this, this clear ethic written in to what is flowing out of Scripture. See, Scripture doesn't need to explicitly condemn every single act. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything don't need to be explicitly condemned. There's a biblical principle and a framework of what where intimacy is supposed to happen. And we can deductively reason based on the Old New Testament, based on what Jesus said, based on what Romans 1 says, that there is a way that isn't within that ethic. Yep. Right? Even the word sexual immorality, that root word is pornonia. That means that's like a junk drawer term for all of it. All of it. All of it. You know? I've had a friend, and there might be too much information. I had a friend that didn't lick a P-O-R-N, but you know what he would do? Oh, he, I had two friends do this. Before. I'm out of here, man. Dude, Boy. I had two friends that, 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 that would grind the floor. They would lay down on the floor, and they would grind the floor, and they would finish. Okay? They, they, don't, they don't need to be a verse to say that that's not the way the Lord intended it. <laughs> there doesn't need to be a verse. That just falls within the category of like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Like you shouldn't get on the on a floor with 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 your with your junk with with their clothes on by the way and rub against carpet. That takes grinding to a whole new level, bro. That's that's not it. Like the Lord's not in that, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's, I know, and I've known two people that that, that they don't they don't look at PRM, but that's a, listen. That's <laughs> that's not what the Lord designed that body part for. Yeah, man. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> what an intro to a video, huh? <laughs> what does this have to do with the next generation that has everything? To be clear. We don't need to get the next generation to acknowledge that. They assume that. But as long as they think that we don't understand that, they can't hear us. Okay. They just can't. Now, is that fair? No. Is it even fair? Should it be that way? No. But it's just 
that way. And, and this is so complicated and this is so difficult. Now, if you're gay, don't hear me saying you're complicated and you're difficult. You're not the problem. The church is still trying to adjust to a reality that we struggle with and we struggle with it for good reasons. Paul, you just think I'm stupid. I'm not stupid, guys. I, I know <laughs> I this. That. What, Andy? What are, you, what are we talking about, bro? Huh? It's complicated? My buddy grinding the ground isn't complicated. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't do that. It's not that I'm using something light, but like there's a specific design for where that part is supposed to go. Yeah. Into another part. And there's a specific natural thing that happens when there's fluids that come out of one part mm. and go into fluids of another part. Mm -hmm. Right? Like this isn't am I am I oversimplifying this? Yeah, man. It's not that complicated. It ain't that complicated. Someone says the carpet doesn't consent to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, and then it's like this, like, uh, well, you know, it's not a, we're, we're Christians, you just got to be patient with us. It's like, what? Go ahead, play the rest of this. This is so easy personally. In fact, I don't know all of you, but I, I bet for 99% of the, the people in the room, this is easy personally. You know gay people, you have gay friends, you have gay relatives. You may have a gay son or daughter or granddaughter. You, you know, you do business with gay people. Gay people come to your church. You're not like, <gasps> in fact, it's the opposite. It's like, I think they're gay. There's gay people here. It's great. I love our church. Well, you know, I mean, and if you're gay, I know, just be patient with us. We're weird. I know. But, but you understand because you're here because you love Jesus and you probably grew up in church and you know, we're trying to figure that whole thing out. <laughs> Pause it. He's talking to pastors. He's talking to pastors. This, this is a, pastor's this is a conference. leadership conference. Wow. Clearly, we all have friends. Clearly, we all have friends and acquaintances. That isn't what's being discussed here. What's being discussed is, is this within the realms of what God created those body parts for? Is this within that or is, or, or is this not? Yeah. Right? Go ahead. But at some point along the way, and this is a process, and I want to talk drill down on this one a little bit. In fact, I in my notes, I put... I was going to read this one and say, good luck. Let's go to number four, but I, that would be mean, okay? So personally, this is not a problem. You love people. You don't write people off because of their, their sexual preference. I mean, we all know how to love people. That's not it. But corporately, it is challenging, and it's challenging for good reasons. But we have to embrace this challenge, and we have to lead the way. Um, my for good reasons, uh, like the Bible, mm. like church history, <laughs> like natural law. Right? Yes. Like those, all of those are good reasons. You want me to keep going? I can, I can break it down from the uh, cons deontological ethic. I can give you the utilitarian aspect of it. There's good reasons for a reason. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay, men and women, okay? A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Do you, where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not. <clears throat> now, this is a fair point. If you are same-sex attracted and mm -hmm. you're going to a church that you know isn't affirming and you continue going and wanting to serve, yeah. I would say that's commendable. You're trying to process it. You're trying to figure it out. That's commendable. Um, and his church is known for having this community serve and in, in places of leadership. Specifically, uh, I got a buddy that went there and he said there was folks that were this that spoke. It's not just baptizing them. It's not just letting them hand out bulletins or serve in a parking lot. Yeah. They spoke at the singles ministry. 
Whoa. Someone from this lifestyle. Like, it's everything he's saying. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff, apparently, he said privately. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's the, that's the issue. And it's the fact that this was taken down. Like, why was this taken off the internet? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why is this, like, I'm trying to search for it to see, like, did I really get the exclusive on it, you know? And so I think that's the issue. And by the way, this is not an indictment on free grace. Don't do that. You guys are goofy with that. People are like in the same way I'm not in the same in the same way I don't jump out the window and I call Lordship Salvation or Calvinist heretics. Don't do that. This has nothing to do with that. Free grace is the same position that you're saved by grace through faith alone. Period. Okay. And now that you're saved, you should act accordingly. You should act accordingly. Yeah. But if you don't act accordingly, it doesn't mean you're not saved. That's what that's actually the free grace position. So don't conflate the two. Free grace is not affirming. Free grace is not live flippantly and do whatever you want. That's not that position. And there's a wide spectrum of folks that, that hold that position. And when I've talked to K-Dub and I've talked to uh, other brothers, I they go, that's what we believe about salvation. I've talked to two reformed dudes in the last couple hours, in the last couple days. I talked yeah. to K-Dub in person. I talked to, and I talked to uh, my, brother, my brother Tyler Cash in person. I said, no, this is how I see it. This is how I believe it. And I think that God gives us a new heart. He said, that's exactly how I see it. That's exactly how I, I think people who struggle and who still continue to sin are still saved. And he said, that's exactly how I believe it. So I've had two brothers say this to me um, that are Calvinists that hold to Lordship Salvation. So I don't think we're as far apart as we think we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think maybe we're creating caricatures of the position. And I don't think that's, that's uh, a part of it. You know what I mean? Go ahead. I completely accepted, but you go over and over and over, and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place. I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6, and I know Leviticus, and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff. But just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father, who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said no, and they still love God. Pause it. Now, is he saying God said no about this? See, that's where it gets murky. Is he saying God said no about this, and they still love God? Kind of seems I, like I, it. I would say that's a W if that's what he's saying. Yeah. That's a W if that's what he's saying. If he's saying you're same-sex attracted, and you struggle with this, and you know that God says no on this, and you continue going to church, and you continue trying to work through this. That's a W. Yeah. I Yes, I praise agree. God for those for those folks. That's yeah. amazing. If you come from an environment where you have this thing, this proclivity, this issue you're dealing with, you know it's a sin, and you keep showing up, if that's what he's saying, then that's a W. I don't know everything he's saying, and that's why I think it gets murky, because he's saying some, it sounds like he's, uh, it sounds like Andy Stanley is seeing how close can he get to the line and then if there's enough outrage, he pulls back and goes, oh, that's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. what I'm saying. Which which one is it? Because I just heard two contradicting statements. So I'm, I'm not sure which one it is. Go ahead. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who want to worship with us. And I know the verses. I know the clobber passages, right? We got see, I, that, 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 here's where I would go, okay, stop with the, with the, cl- the clobber passages. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about, bro? Yeah, that's not just, a club. It's, it's just, just the Bible. It's the Bible. There's six verses. Yeah. Deal with it. There's six verses and there's an ethic from the Bible that we can glean based on the scriptures. It also seems like he's like dismissing those scriptures. Yeah. The clobber passages. Shout out to Baptist. He just gave a super chat. He says, when Christ saves us, he changed our, our spiritual desires and brings us out of whatever form of sinful uh, identity into a new one in him. Yes, I think he changes our desires, but I don't. Th- you'd have to be a Calvinist to hold a position that God makes you stop sinning. I don't think God makes you. I think He can, but I don't think He does that for everybody. Yeah, go ahead. Get this out, and you know what? I think you are. I think you wouldn't come to a conference like this, or you wouldn't have come back, right? 
We are, and we'll be criticized for it. And there's no perfect way to do this. But I can give you a hint. Will you do what Jesus did? You know who Jesus started with? Jesus never started with theology. Jesus started with the people in front of him. And he went from there. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're theology- Is he saying, is he saying I'm sorry, he didn't start with theology. Jesus was a teacher. He was a rabbi. He was theology. He was theology. <laughs> what, are we, what are we saying here? What are we saying here? This is where some of the seeker-friendly stuff gets really wonky. We don't need to water down theology in order to contextualize the gospel. That's a false binary. Yeah. You can contextualize the gospel and speak to people of all ends of the spectrum without having to water down. And theology just means the study of God. Jesus didn't start with the study of God. Jesus literally. Jesus was God. Jesus was God. Go ahead. He gets in the way of ministry. Like if there's somebody you can't minister to because your theology, you have the wrong theology. Is that clear? Sure. This is what yes. Yes. If you holding a specific point of view causes you not to go and evangelize, causes you not to go care for the widow and the orphan, causes you not to do certain things, Calvinism, Armenianism, free grace, whatever, universalism, mm -hmm. that's the wrong theology. I would agree with that. But to say that Jesus never didn't start with theology, I don't know, Andy. Andy, come on, man. Go ahead. Drove the Pharisees crazy. It's like, how can you go there? And Jesus is like, because they're there. That's why I'm going there. Yeah, but don't you know about them? She's like, I just don't see the world that way. Here's how I see the world. There are people lost to God and there are people who've connected with God. So I just wanna help disconnected people get connected. I'm, I'm a simple person, that's what I do. And I'm just telling you, the men and women I know who are gay, their faith and their confidence in God dwarfs mine. And so- well, 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 like I'm stupid, I'm not stupid guys, I, I know this What is he talking about? Their faith and their confidence dwarfs mine? Huh? Is this? What are we talking about? I'm. I am so confused. I'm so confused. Not only is there room, there's plenty of room, and we're gonna figure that out. And you're gonna figure it out. And if you don't, you can say goodbye to the next next generation because they figured it out. Because it's personal. It's their friends. It's their good friends. We're good. It's yeah. their friends' friends. It's their parents' friends. So we can do this. Um, now, here's something I gotta drill down on uh, that is related to this. It's kind of a side topic, but it's so important. Here's something to keep in mind, okay? Never take someone's church away from them unnecessarily. Here's huh. what I mean by that. I'll um, give you an example about, I don't know, almost about a little over a year now, there's a pretty big church in Atlanta and they went 100% in on CRT. I mean, like just totally. And it not only divided the church, it almost destroyed the church. And here's what happens, because here's what happens when pastors don't understand what it means to be a pastor. <clears throat> you end up taking the church, and again, this is what happens. This pastor has been there about six years. Well, there have, been, there have people there have been 16 years, 20 years. And the people that have been there longer than the pastor had to leave their church because of what this guy went in on. He unnecessarily took people's church away from them. Don't ever, I don't care what your view is or my view is. Don't ever take someone's church away from them unnecessarily. That that's so interesting. So he talks about, he references CRT here, which that's a whole nother can of worms in terms of what and how you define that specifically. Jordan Peterson just went on Rogan and had some very interesting views about DeSantis and CRT and censorship and all that kind of stuff. So- his point here that um, don't go all in on an ideology, I think is valid. If he's going to, I'm sure, I'm not sure how he's going to apply this. You know what I mean? Because there's also folks that like called anything that looked slightly like uh, acknowledging that racism is real or systemic racism could exist is CRT. And, and, and churches have gone through massive issues because of that. So I think that's a tricky one to even define yeah, what is it? Who defines it? So on and so forth. And I was actually Joe Rogan's and Jordan Peterson's point on that. If you guys 
want to, uh, if you guys want me to do a video on that, I found that conversation very fascinating. So if you guys want to do a video, a separate video on that, DeSantis, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, I try not to talk about politics a whole lot, but let me know. That's bad leadership and it's bad discipleship. Um, pastors who get up and announce, you know, because this is, you know, this, you saw some of this, it doesn't happen much anymore because it's so ridiculous. Pastors got up and we're affirming, they got up and announced, we're affirming. And then the next Sunday, half the congregation's gone. And it's the congregation is like, we are? I don't even know what that is. I, I, now I can't come back to my church. And why can't I come back to my church? Because we hired this bozo pastor and he just took my church away from me. Now, whether the person's right or wrong is irrelevant. Your pastors and your leaders don't take people's church away from them. <clears throat> now, I think this is a bit disingenuous to do this with specifically being affirming. If you hold a specific position, I think it's beneficial to your church and the folks from this community to just say where you are where are you where are you on it if you're this then just say it and own it if you're not this don't act like you could potentially be this but then kind of pull back and make it vague for people right because that's the whole like i think i think every church should be very clear on this specific issue right because if you're not then that's not fair to the folks from that community that are coming that maybe want to eventually be in high levels of leadership at your church but I think the vagueness on this specific issue, I don't think it's helpful because if I'm at your church and all of a sudden I'm seeing folks uh, a part of this community that are couples getting baptized, I'm seeing folks a part of this community serving, I'm seeing folks a part of this community that are now speaking at the singles ministry, and I'm like, yo, no, I hold a, a, a more scripturally conservative ethic on this. What is that going to do to me? I'm going to be just like, I'm going to be confused. Unnecessarily, let me just keep stuck my notes. Terrible leadership because they skipped discipleship, teaching, preparing, and nudging. They played the role of a prophet, not a pastor. You are not a prophet. You are a pastor. Okay. Very different role. All right. Prophets drop like in it. and drop truth bombs, and then they get on their chariot and go to the next place and drop truth. That's not what we're doing. We are leading people. We are not pace setters. Okay. We're pastors and shepherds. Pastors set direction, and they monitor the pace. They do not set the pace. <sighs> I don't know if I do agree with this. I, I think it's and both. I think pastor said direction, monitor the pace, and drive the vision with their elders based on the scriptures. Here's this picture that reminds me of this every time I see it. Let me show you this picture. This is Sanders' dad. This is Gary. Because blah, 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 blah. You're not leading. You're trying to be a prophet. You're not a prophet. You go do that somewhere else. Have an itinerant ministry, you know, drop truth bombs and get your check and go on to the next thing. That's fine. There's a place for that in the world. Not here, but the place for that in the world, right? That's why I love having Crawford. He's a pastor, right? So this is the model. I think it's being full of grace and truth. I think it's speaking the truth in love while at the same time being full of grace because that's what Jesus was. There are too many, you're smart. You think about these things all the time. There are too many variables to expect everybody in our churches to keep up with our pace on anything. Not because the people in our church aren't smart, because they're busy. And we think about this stuff all the time. So good leaders don't get up and announce change. Good leaders get up and they lead toward change. If you want to be an announcer, apply to be an announcer somewhere. That's not what we do. Our job is to lead, model, disciple, equip people to navigate cultural shifts in keeping with the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. But sometimes in order to keep with the teaching of Jesus and the apostles, you should not go with cultural shift. You should be. You should build new culture. Sometimes in direct opposition of cultural shift. That's that. I don't know if we need to follow cultural shift. That that's that's dangerous. 
Now you're saying, Andy, that sounds kind of dishonest and sneaky. Shout out to Theology Matters podcast. He said, Scripture has took a backseat to his pragmatism. You know it's not dishonest and sneaky. It's leadership. And it's sh- it is kind of dishonest and sneaky, though. Shrewd. Jesus said you're to be wise as serpents and shrewd. Uh, excuse me, wise serpents. You're supposed to be wise as, harmless as doves and shrewd as serpents. It's interesting he kind of fumbled getting that scripture out. We get so harmless, we forget sometimes we need to be shrewd. We need to be more snake-like in the appropriate Jesus kind of way, which means when people need to begin shifting their thinking, you don't get up and announce, you disciple and you teach people. So there are people on the, when it comes to the LGBTQ community and our churches, right? There's some people that wanna drag us too fast. And there are some people who wanna pull us back too hard. Welcome to leadership, welcome to pastoring. It's okay. Or there's just some of us that wanna stick as close to what the scriptures say and what Christian ethic is kind of clear on. I think that's the that's also a, a reasonable position that some of us want to take. We're not trying to push or pull. Just want to st- st- stick to this. But don't take anyone's church away from them unnecessarily. And if you're in a church and 95% of the church has sort of said, you know what, we're not going there, then maybe you need to go somewhere else. But don't get up and say, by golly, God called me. And I'm, you just be so careful. That's not loving people, that's something else. So when it comes to this issue or any issue, keep that in mind. Our job is to lead, model, and disciple and equip people for those shifts according to the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. Um, See, the issue is with the shifts. Rhonda, I have no problem with what you're saying here. Well, I do, but uh, when I see the history and how uh, LGTV people have been treated, beaten, and castrated, I would rather be on the side of acceptance and grace. So there's a difference between being on the side of acceptance and grace and saying people shouldn't be mistreated, okay, and saying I accept and affirm that this is beneficial to you, that it's, that it's, that it's okay in Scripture, and that it's helpful to human flourishing. I think we need to be very clear there. Has the church mistreated this community? Absolutely. Not okay. Uh, not okay. But what we don't do is then we overcorrect past mistreatments with future igno- ignorances of what the scriptures are clear on. Right? We shouldn't we shouldn't overcorrect to the point where we ignore scripture and church history and natural law and basic Christian sex ethic. I think that that is where it becomes problematic, right? Um, so, and that's with everything. Like that's that that's that's on everything. I gave you the illustration earlier about my buddies who two different guys didn't know each other. They both told me they like to, you know, dry hump the floor, the the carpet. That's weird. Don't do that. That's not what God designed your penis for. I don't think that's uh damaging. I don't think that's homophobic. I don't think that's um hateful. I think that is hey, there's something specifically created for that. And um and it's actually in your best interest to not do that with your body. Right? And if you want me to go into the research and the numbers, I could do that too. So I think that's the dangerous part. Is sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll jump from um, acknowledging past mistakes to overcorrecting. And I don't, think, I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that's helpful. I don't, and I don't think that's scriptural, by the way. Um, don't take people's church away unnecessarily. But I'm not worried about you and us when it comes to this. I just want to make sure that we keep this front and center for the sake of the next generation. Because God's doing incredible, incredible things and we wanna be a part of it. And yes, it's messy, not because gay people are messy, but because the church is messy and because of the history of the church. And once again, for those of you, if you're here and you're gay and maybe nobody even knows, I just wanna applaud you for your faith and the fact that you would even step foot 
inside of a church and wanna worship Jesus in private and quietly because that's what's in your heart. And you long to know that your heavenly father accepts you and you're hoping the body of Christ will be a representation of his love for you. And I'm telling you, people in this room, they get that. And we won't do it perfectly, but we'll do it to the best of our ability. All right, there's some of your guys' comments. It's upsetting, setting, it's upsetting to someone who suffers from same-sex attraction, attraction, seeing people pander to feelings rather than stick to caring for our souls, I think is where I lean now. Um, not everything we like is good. Thank you for sharing that, Violet. That's uh, very vulnerable of you. I post that some of our overcorrection comes from a spirit of thinking we know more than God with regards to grace. Uh, they didn't have the carpet back then. It was stones on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I use that as a funny illustration. And I'm not trying to be crude for the sake of being crude. I'm saying that it's not wild to look at what is uh, fairly self-explanatory from natural law and say, your penis isn't meant for that. Your penis is not meant for you to have on basketball shorts and to get on a carpet and grind your way into an orgasm. That is not what that was intended for. That is that is that is not uh, hateful or harmful or hurtful to say. It's not. It's the truth, and I think telling people the truth about what God, how God actually designed it. Now that doesn't mean I I I tease you and I shame you and I. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't do that either. I love you. I accept you. You're my homie, but you know you be on one when you do that, right? And there's going to be consequences that come along with that. Different consequences to varying degrees, right? If you want me to talk about what those consequences are for men that look at P-O-R-N or for men that do that sort of stuff, I could talk about those too. But there's consequences, different consequences. So I don't think there's, there's, a, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, to, to, to say that. Um, and just, just real quick, if you're a guy and, you're, and you struggle with P-O-R-N like I did once upon a time, we have a free course for you. It's called mastermyhabits.com. Actually, I have a bunch of courses for you, but this one's free. Um, mastermydevo.com is if you're trying to get into scriptures. But if you're struggling with P-O-R-N and addiction, uh, you can check out mastermyhabits.com. It's a, th th uh, a course I put together with my Christian therapist friend who is a clinical licensed therapist, been doing it for 30 years. And we put together a course to help people break out of that habit. Now, the implications, the practical implications of that and or grinding on the ground is um, is is one, depleting and distorting, if you're looking up here, and distorting your own uh, your own uh, appetite for a healthy encounter with a woman. And two, this is the part no one talks about, is that when you're grinding the carpet, you're, I know that's a weird illustration. When you're doing, when you're self-satisfying, most people are trying to finish. And what people don't know is that that often that takes you into marriage. And even if you stop looking at that, that could have other implications like a lack of stamina. Okay, so there there are other consequences to that. If you guys are not a part of our Patreon community, consider signing up. Okay, five bucks a month, and uh, we're gonna do some exclusive content on there. We did a stream on there earlier, actually. That was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, sign up five bucks a month. It really means the world to us, and it ultimately will get me to stop having to make commercials. Like, is the carpet story too much? Let me know. Maybe I'm not clipping that out. No, I'm leaving that. When this video goes up, I'm not taking that out. I'm I'm, I'm leaving that up. 